And thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of In the Sheds on Code with Kingy, where this time around I am joined by the Black Ferns and Black Ferns Sevens representative, Teresa Fitzpatrick. Now our court it all begins with just how this wahine started playing rugby before then delving into how she got her big break on the international scene, while also touching on some of the stuff she has going on off the field and what sort of occupation she will look to get into once she's finished up with her footy. So, yeah, it was a real honour to have Teresa on the show. She was my first female guest, and she killed it. I actually got a bit sidetracked or got a bit confused about midway through the conversation, but you guys will obviously have to listen to all that to get what I'm talking about. But, yeah, thank you very much again to Teresa for taking some time out to talk to me, and I hope that you all enjoy what I asked her about her pretty incredible career so far. Well, anyway, um, I appreciate you taking some time out to have a, a cordial with me. I was, I was about to say quick cordial, but this probably won't be all that quick. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like I like I mentioned, I'm just looking to get you know different rugby stories from you know different people who play our beautiful game and get to know a little yeah, bit more cool. about yourself. You're my, you're my first female guest, so I'm not oh, sure cool. how much of an honour that is considering how small my podcast is but nonetheless um yeah I really do appreciate you um taking the opportunity to hopefully open up and share some insight into the professional game around the woman no thank oh well thank you for having me um it was cool when Shannon asked me I was like a little bit nervous but no I said yes to her so I was like okay you gotta do it Yeah, yeah, for the, yeah. For the girls, for the girls. <laughs> Funnily enough, I haven't actually met Shannon myself, but I, so Pele, yep. her brother, so it's a bit of a weird one. I actually sort of know Pele, but he didn't really know me because I was like a year nine at, at Mags when he was in year 13. Oh, okay. And so I sort of yep. knew of him, but he yep. he's married or I think he might even be engaged or maybe they're just yep. partners. Sorry, I'm sorry if I said the wrong thing there, Pele. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so his partner her cousin is one of my really good mates and so my mate hooked me up with with Pele and we did our thing and then he's just like oh hey bro you know like I know such and such my sister can you know link you up with such and such would you be keen and I was like yeah for real like honestly that'd be awesome so oh that's so cool yeah here we are <laughs> yeah yeah honestly like networking um I think um out of all the things that I've learned with the podcast and I guess life in general is that you know it's not so much you know how much you know it's more so who you know so how yeah. Cool. Um. Well, I'll jump into the first question though. Um, which is where did you start playing rugby and where did you grow up? Um. So I'm Auckland born and bred. So I grew up in Mount Albert, down the road from Mags. I didn't actually go to Mags, but um, my brothers still do, and my um, they have, and so I know quite a lot of the Mags people. But I started playing rugby at Ponsonby, so that's my family club. Um, I grew up playing it from an age group with the boys, so um, I think it was from under 10s to under 13s, and we were uh, lucky enough, I guess, to win the under 13 championship, which was which was pretty cool. Um, and I played alongside some of the boys now who are in Super Rugby, which... Um, it's it's kind of weird thinking back. So um, the Ioane brothers and my so my cousin uh, William Talataina, uh, Vince I saw was in the team as well. So um, being able to I guess start the our rugby journeys together is pretty special. And then went to high school, played netball, and then um, after that I guess I had another good good go at Ponsonby rugby again, but this time with the Phillies girls. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. Rugby was the sport that that I fell in love with, and um, it opened lots of doors for me, um, especially in the the sevens, the sevens world. And so, I'm lucky enough now to be uh, to have a a full time contract with the rugby, or uh, the Blackfern sevens, 
so yeah it's my job now which is it's pretty surreal like to be playing sport and to be um getting paid for it so Mm -hmm. yeah that's my I guess the long story short. <laughs> yeah. So small world, eh? So you've, you've played with the Iwani brothers and played with the likes of Vince Hustle. But so you you mentioned Ponsonby being your family club. Funnily enough, I actually spent a year at Ponsonby as well. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but this isn't about me. This is about you. <laughs> <laughs> no connections. Um, there you go. <laughs> again, um, so so your family's right into rugby? Yeah. Yeah, my um. Rugby family, so my uncles play, all my cousins played. I think that's why I got into it because I just, you know, wanted to do the same things as them. And then my mum also played rugby too. So I guess it made it easier for me to get into. She wasn't, she was pretty um, supportive of me playing rugby. Yeah, because I was just about to ask, it's a funny one because, for example, I play rugby and my mum, because you know how sort of protective mums are of their kids, yep. but especially their yep. boys. My mum was very reluctant to, to let me play rugby, but it just so happened that my dad was right into it. So that was, my dad was always going to win that battle. But yeah, yep. I guess, yeah, I guess it's different from your perspective though, because your mum was a rugby player. And so she would have been open to the idea of having her little girl play. Yeah. But yeah, that was going to be one of my first questions. You know, you being my first family, I guess, is like, do yep. mums have a, a different view with their daughters playing, I guess, a contact sport than what they do with their boys? Um, I, I 100% think they do. Like I know quite a few people, parents, um, who are very hesitant to let their, their girls play rugby, but I think the earlier they get into it, the easier it is for them to learn, I guess, how to tackle properly because it it is the contact side that they are afraid of. But if you've got good coaching, you know, it's, it's such a fun and enjoyable sport that the contact you kind of forget about it in the end until the games come along but um no you learn a lot of a lot of good team values and um I guess a lot of the stuff you can take into life off the field too which is what I love about rugby and the cultural side of it also so I do encourage the parents to let their girls play rugby and you do see a lot more um young girls in the team, like in the club team that I'm at now at the Ponsby Phillies, I think I'm one of the oldest backs and I'm 25 and then these girls, there's like 16, 17 year olds playing, which is awesome. Like, yeah, no. so it's growing. It's, it's definitely growing. Now, and even fitting off the back of what you said before, you mentioned living in Man Albert, but you didn't go to Mag. So what school did you end up going to? Uh, so... I followed my sister and went to St. Cuthbert's College, which is in Epsom. So it's not really a sports school. <laughs> but, right, so um, yeah, education was the front of mind? Yeah. So my parents are big on education and no, nah, it was a school that allowed me to I guess explore that side and um there were other extracurricular activities I guess, so it wasn't just sport and I think my parents installed that in all of us kids is that you can't you can't play sport forever and so you always got to have have that backup plan and so education was really important in our family and then we were lucky that we got to play sport outside of school too so we still got that the sport as well as the education so it was a good balance Mm -hmm. now you go through school focuses on your studies but you still have the rugby stuff sort of going on outside of school what was the yep. plan when you when you left uni I know that you studied towards a medical degree is that right yeah so um when I left school I got I wanted to be a doctor um so I was at uni I went straight into uni I was training on the side um you know the early mornings the 530s and then the late night trainings with with club, and then would go to uni during the day. So I completed three years of my medical degree uh, before I got the opportunity to, also I was invited into the sevens uh, environment. And so I took a year off uni to fully pursue that dream. And then after that year I was lucky enough to be offered a, a full-time contract 
And so I kind of had to choose between, well, because the medical degree, you can't do it part-time. It's either full-time or you can't do it at all. Yeah. And so I was, I was at a bit of a crossroads, but I had um, conversations with a few people from uni, uh, my family, and I didn't really know what to do, but there was this one person at university, the student support um, person there, and he was like, well, the decision's pretty easy. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is my my future. Like, if I don't do this, what am I going to do after rugby? And then he was like, well, you're only going to get this opportunity. Like, it doesn't come around that often that you, you get the chance to, I guess, play for your country. Like, this was my dream, my other dream job that I didn't think was possible. And so he was like, you should pursue your career in rugby. Um, you know, studies always, you're always going to be able to study, but your body won't be able to um, cope forever, especially in the game of um, rugby and sevens. So <laughs> Auckland Uni actually uh, holding me a position in, uh, holding me a spot in, the, in medicine, which was amazing. Like it was best case scenario. And so I'm really grateful for that. And in the meantime, I'm just, um, trying to chip away at um, my health science degree, so part-time study here and there when um, when I can. Crazy. So you're a superhero in two different fields. Oh, no. <laughs> but before we, we kick on um, to the seven stuff, because we'll get to that, why medicine? Like, what, what was the, the interest? Like, did that start at school, or did you just sort of roll into uni? You were like, you know, you know what would be um, cool? You know, why don't I be a doctor? Yeah, so... Um, I guess my big thing growing up, I always, I always wanted to get a job after school that would allow me to help people and I guess give back to my community, my some oh, because I'm Samoan, I'm Samoan Chinese, New Zealander, and so I always wanted to be able to help help out my community, help out my family. And then during school, I guess I had an interest in in the sciences. And so I kind of just went that way through. Um, I enjoyed the like the aspect of health. And I guess that kind of relates into my, um, my passion for sport as well. So staying healthy, staying active, and then wanting to learn more about the, I guess, the biological kind of side of things, the more um, nitty-gritty science stuff. And so that kind of drew me towards medicine, and um, medicine's such a big field, so I didn't actually know what specific pathway I want to take through it. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how it all started. Cool. Now, having been, I guess, involved in a high-performance environment, does the idea of being the Black Ferns doctor intrigue you or again do you want to sort of stick to having the opportunity to give back to your community it it didn't at first but the longer I've been in the environment and I've met some some pretty cool um sports doctors along um in my rugby journey I I do um have an interest in sports medicine now and I think going through a few injuries too I would have that that kind of personal experience too um so that is probably one of one of my options that I would try to um, pursue is sports medicine but but yeah a lot on the side I guess I still want to be able to um do other things like like you said community work and kind of stuff like that so yeah hopefully a bit of both but I'm just trying to keep my options open. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep, yeah. Focus on the rugby now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Now, I know that you, you go on to make your debut at the Atlanta Sevens, but prior to that, um, you obviously had to go into camp and, I guess, show the coaches that, you know, you had what it took to play on the circuit. So what was that like going into camp for the first time and, you know, rubbing shoulders with girls that you'd obviously been watching on TV and maybe – maybe would have even known being caught up in the Auckland club rugby scene you know like were you quite shy initially or are you quite an extrovert as a person no so I am I'm definitely an introvert as a person and so 
I didn't really I didn't really say much. I knew a couple of the girls because they were from Auckland, and so I guess that kind of made it easier to come in. I would just kind of talk to them and then have small chats with the other girls. But they were all very inviting. the The team culture in the in the Black Ferns is well. They they're known for their their family culture, and so I guess that made the transition into the team a little bit easier. But knowing like they were superstars, like they are superstars. And so going into the team, I was like, oh, I don't want to stuff anything up. Like, I don't want to be that girl who like does the wrong thing or like drops the ball, makes a mistake. And so I guess trying to just get over that and then kind of just take every, every opportunity as it came, every day as it came. And because my, so the way I got caught up into the team was because there were quite, um, there were a few injuries and so I came in mid-season and so they had already made all the made all the connections um, that already had all their camps and so for me I guess I had absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain and so just remembering that going into the team and so just trying to soak everything up just keep keep my head down train as hard as I could and yeah, I guess the coach kind of saw that, and so I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to make my debut in Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And before we get to the debut, I, I, I want to ask you something, because I've had a few mates go through the, the men's seven circuit, yep. and they've come back to me, and they've told me about how ruthless the, the fitness trainings can be. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> going from, obviously, training with your fillies, who, who you know, like... I know that they train hard, but making yeah. that jump up to the high performance level must have been something yeah. else. So, I don't know. Do you remember your first Bronco or your first yo-yo and being like, uh, or, you know, the, your first 150 session and being like, oh, what oh, is yes. this? No, I remember vividly the first camp I went to. So, I I didn't think that there was going to be any training there because it's this thing called a um, like an IPP camp. So, there were lots of meetings and then, um, so I rock up and they're like, okay, so we're going to do a 1600 meter time trial. And I was like, wait, what? 16? Like, so four laps around the track as fast as you can. And I was like, um, I don't, I don't really do that. Like I was so scared. And then I did it and one of the girls, so one of the fittest girls on the team, her name, um, Shorty. She plays for Manawatu, and she's a ref now. She's a cop as well. So um, she was in the first group and did her time trial, and then I was in the second group. And I was at the back, like, not going to lie, I was at the back. And so she came and ran the last one and a half laps with me and was, like, talking to me, encouraging me the whole time. And this was after her time trial that she already did. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, like, embarrassing like I can't even <laughs> but I guess um you slowly get over there um and the sevens is known for intense trainings like if you're not feeling it if you if you don't get into that dark place you probably aren't running or trying hard enough and so that's one of the things that you learn to love the grind I guess you have to <laughs> Even though you don't enjoy it all the time, whilst it's happening, but yeah, I, I think a lot of my mates. Year. I'm not sure they've fallen in love with it, um, as per <laughs> se, but I think they 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 put up with it or they bear it, um, yep. because they know ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, it it pushes them towards their goals. So yeah, cool. And even off that, um, you talk about um one of the older girls coming and running the lap with you. That I guess that's just an embodiment of the culture because of how successful you girls have been both in the 15s and in the seven space, you know, like I'm not sure I've ever, like when I've gone to do fitness, had one of the older boys and, you know, albeit I've never played at your level. I've never had one of the yeah. older boys come in and run the last couple of shuttles with me if I've been struggling. So yeah, no, that's cool to hear. Now you, so you mentioned going over to Atlanta to make your debut. So did you fly over initially with the team or were you called over there? No. So I flew over with the team. But, so I was there, I was like, in my head, 
just been like, yes, I'm just going to go over there. Like, obviously train hard with the girls, but I probably won't get on the field, but that's okay. You know, it's my first tournament. And then in the first game, the girl who I was kind of like the backup for, she got injured. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I actually have to play. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you know, Kelly Brazier? Yep. Yeah, so she hurt her neck in one of the tackles, and I was like, okay, she, she'll be okay. Like, she's going to be fine. Like, don't worry about it. Um, and then we were, she woke up the next day, and she, like, couldn't turn her neck. Mm. And I was like, oh, no. Like, like she's injured. Um, and so I kind of not got chucked in the deep end, but I kind of went zero to 100. And they're like, okay, you're starting now. Like, I was like, okay, sweet. And so I guess I kind of had the the same kind of mentality that I that I did coming into the camp was, you know what, you you're here for a reason. They obviously like they have confidence in you if they're putting you on the field. Um, and so my main thing, and I knew a hundred percent that I trusted all the girls around me to help me. I guess play and my only thing in my head was to do my own job and so just tried not to overthink it um took it game by game but yeah it was such an amazing experience by uh it's probably a a tournament I will never forget it was a back-to-back one too so we did Atlanta and then flew straight to Victoria in Canada so Mm -hmm. It was it was a pretty surreal experience, um, but yeah, that was my debut. <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, I've heard really good things about that that leg of the trip, especially Vancouver. I know. Yeah, again, mentioned some of the boys that I know. They they say that one of their favourite destinations is oh, is yeah. Canada. Um, but so the if I've got this rightly in my head, the the women's team you didn't win the series that year. But no. so, but you obviously pick up a lot of confidence making your debut that year, and then yeah. going into the next year, were you with the team again, with, like from the start of the year? Yeah, so it was at the start of that year that I got offered a a full time contract. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? What was that phone call like? It was oh, I guess because it happens after nationals, so we all all the girls actually together in the same hotel and so it's kind of kind of like oh if someone goes out of the room and they're on their phone then they're getting a call like so oh, you'd like <laughs> you'd be your and so I got the call um I went into the corridor had my conversation and I came in and my roomies were like so um and then I told them and they were jumping and like cheering loud as and I was like getting real teary and obviously the first people I call are my parents, um, and they were like, very, like, not crying, but I could hear the emotion. Well, they could hear the emotion in my voice, and I guess just it was, it was like, oh, like all the hard work and all the early mornings, late night trainings, all the extras was was slowly paying off, and so I guess that was pretty awesome, and to be um a part of the Black Ferns Sevens the Black Ferns legacy. It was you know, it was very special. And then we went um into the the camp the next day and so it's it just it kinda moves really fast. So you go to nationals and then you go I think it was on the mount, so we went straight to the mount the next day and started our camp, so Oh man, so you couldn't even like get on the turps and celebrate like no, getting no. picked. It's, you no. know, your, your reward for getting picked was a bronco the next day. Yeah, oh, how yeah. good. And so they're like, okay, we're going into camp. And you're like, okay, we're going into <laughs> camp tomorrow. <laughs> but that nah, is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, you girls go on and win that circuit that year. Yeah. Correct? So that, yes. so that must have been awesome. Um, so t- tell me a little bit about that because I, then I do want to get into the even bigger event that followed. So. Yeah, run us through that that series one. Uh, twenty no, not seventeen. Seventeen, eh? Twenty sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. 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 Um, I always get confused because our season is like 
overlap. So it's yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. We start at the end of the year, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. But um, no, that was pretty. It was pretty cool. So um, because of the Olympic year, I guess um, like there were a lot of changes in the team in terms of personnel. And so some of the girls uh, had finished their sevens careers because that was their last, like, the Pinnacle event was their last um, tournament. And then the management changed too. And so it was kind of a, maybe not a rebuilding year, but it was like a fresh a fresh start. And so, um, no, nah, it was awesome. We had a, a couple of, our assistant coach became our head coach and then a new trainer coming in, new physio, and I guess we, so we had our our big uh, meetings at the start and made sure we knew what our values were, what our, um, how important culture was to our team. And so it was kind of getting lost. The year I came in 2016, it was, I guess, not as important as it was. They wanted to make it the most important thing of the whole team so it was before rugby culture and so 2017 that 2016 17 that new system I guess kind of came in and um Alan Bunting made so we have this uh what is it called like a metaphor and we're all in a waka and so we can only we're at our strongest and most powerful when we're all aligned and together and going in the same direction and so we always come back to that uh we make culture and enjoyment our big thing and because we're together a lot of the time um it's really important that we actually genuinely enjoy each other's company off the field as much as we do on the field and so i guess that just kind of started the journey towards the next four-year cycle so the olympics which was supposed to be this year yeah. but <laughs> hopefully it, um it, it's next year but yeah so it was just a nice fresh start um new faces in yeah no um i think that really helped with the with the series one there were no expectations that we put on ourselves we just went out there and enjoyed ourselves and en- enjoyed the game yeah I'm sorry, I've, I've completely mucked this up um, in my head, although I, I did love that passage. That, that's some awesome insight. Very, thank you very much for that. But I've jumped the gun with the Olympics. I've mixed the two up because of the, the whole timing. So you were involved no, in the Olympics. Okay. Um, yes, in the so, end of 2016. Yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. sorry, everyone that's listening. This is my <laughs> muck up. I've completely confused you. Again, because the dates, cause it, even though it's 15, 16, it's like it, yeah, okay. Anyway, Again, thank you for that, but we'll go no, back we'll go back to the Olympics. So Yeah. So you get the full time contract at the start of twenty sixteen and but then you you push into the Olympics. Now so, in yeah. that okay, sorry, have I mucked it up again? You go. Yeah, so I got um caught in the mid season twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Ah, right, right, right. Yeah, right. so that was the mid season one and then so I was on an interim contract for that year, and that year was the Olympic year. And then it was after the Olympics that I got the full contract that, that next season. Okay, right. Yeah. Sorry for the confusion, everyone. Um, but so, <laughs> but even though you were on the interim contract, you did go to the Olympics. Yes. So what was that phone call like? Because I guess even before the emotion of, you know, having that security of having that full-time gig with the Sevens, you're more so in there. You know, you are in the environment uh, and you are yeah. part of the team, but there's no guarantee. So when the coaching staff comes to you and they're like, yep, we want you on the plane. Or you just like, what the heck? You know, like, did you have to put other stuff on hold? Yeah. So that was, so that was the conversation the with uni that I mentioned before that I, mm-hmm. so I had with them that year, I had to choose between um, pursuing this sevens career that I had, like, they weren't gonna, I wasn't guaranteed anything with that. I was just, purely invited to one camp and then hopefully the next one and the next one or to stay at uni and keep going through my degree and so that's when 
I decided when I decided that I put uni on hold to pursue this sevens career and also with the Olympics being at the end of the year I was like well why not like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that you could protect. like it was the chances were very low because I was new like not even in the team just come to fill in I guess for injuries but um there was that little tiny chance that it could happen and so grinding hard with the girls that whole year or I guess a few months it was it did take me by surprise when I got that call obviously good but um and I don't know it still feels like the feeling that I got there there were no words I was at training that day and so I was with a couple of the other Auckland girls who had just got their calls that day too and so they had made it um Tyler and Niall and then I was the last one out of us Auckland girls and so I was so nervous answering the phone like my voice was shaky <laughs> I didn't even I probably didn't even make sense like I wasn't even speaking English <laughs> but um yeah when he when he told me i I was just silent and he was like hello like are you even there like are you gonna celebrate are you happy and I was like I don't know what to say like are you joking like is this a joke am I like being pranked right now but um (laughs) uh nah it was amazing and so just to know that I I did I guess the decision I made did pay off for me in the end and so yeah no that was a the start of my my sevens journey which is like thinking about it now is, is crazy it was actually four years ago but yeah I still remember where I was who I was with and so we all like came together gave each other a big hug after um and then all went home <laughs> but yeah and then that that kind of that was how that call went yeah the Olympic year the Olympics um didn't didn't quite get there, didn't quite get the goal, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty surreal experience too. Like, I don't think I've ever been to any anything like it. Yeah, that would have been crazy. What, what a whirlwind, I guess, sort of like 12 months for you. Yeah, it was like, a very you, crazy year, that one. <laughs> yeah, holy heck. Um, but even at the Olympics, um, we won't so much touch on the footy because I'm not sure um, if that's a wound you want to reopen but yeah, no. who was um, who was the most <laughs> famous person you saw like like were you starstruck throughout the whole event or did someone like that you see and you're just like holy yeah. like, I'm literally like I don't know 10 meters away from this person yeah. and did you even like pay any mind to potentially get a photo with anyone like that um we did actually get a couple of photos we were we were those guys and so there's this um it's pretty, oh, like, it's a pretty unreal setup in the Olympic Village. So there's this massive dining hall that all the athletes go to go to eat at. And so sometimes we'd go there just to, I don't know, get a little snack and then sit there and just people watch because all the other athletes from all these other countries would walk in. Um, and we saw, so one of the coolest people we saw, um, Serena Williams, walked mm-hmm. in and we were like oh my gosh it's actually her like should we go or should we let her now nah, we'll let her eat and so we were like going back and forth with like how we were gonna get this photo but we didn't want to be annoying and then all these other people like were going up to her and um I think there was about there was like six of us sitting at the table and we all like look like little kids like <laughs> um, and then we finally one of us like got up got up and went over and we were like oh so is it all right if we get a photo like just when you're ready though like <laughs> we'll just be like when you're ready we don't want to and she was like yeah of course so um yeah we got to have a photo with her which was pretty um unreal like that uh other people were there were tennis players so like Nadal was there Djokovic was in the but there was just so many amazing athletes just in that one building. Like, and then the more um, over the Olympics, you'd watch all the different events and be like, "Oh, that's the one that did this. Oh, that's the gymnast that." And so, yeah. no, it was it was pretty amazing. Yeah. 
Cool. That's quite refreshing, actually, to because I guess like when you get, I mean, you obviously have awesome athletes like yourself, but then there's almost like that next rung in terms of the fame that comes yep. with that stuff. And it's just funny how you know, like someone like myself would get giddy seeing someone like you, but then you get giddy seeing someone like, I guess, like further up the food chain. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nah, it was it was pretty awesome. There were like NBA players there, are the ones who aren't American who were playing for their their home country so mm-hmm. like who was it um tony parker yep yeah so we saw her and we were like oh my god she's in the nba and some of the <laughs> girls are like what who's and they're like oh my god do you not know him <laughs> yeah so we we're pretty starstruck every single time we'd go get a meal yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> cool sweet Got the Olympics, ticked that off, even though I didn't yeah. muck up the order. Then we have the, the World Sevens, um, your first series title. And then that same year in 2017, you make your Black Ferns debut. And yes, so I was, yeah, I wasn't able to um, track down whether or not you made your debut at the World Cup. So did it happen prior or was it at the World Cup that you made your debut? Uh, it was prior the World Cup. I think I was in Wellington. Yeah, so it was one of the um, like the build-up games uh, in our in our prep towards the World Cup. So I'd only played, I think it was a couple of games before um, going to the the World Cup in Ireland. Yeah, and how did but, yeah. that game go? Like, like had you been in talks with with the fifteens group? Because obviously you're. A, I mean, for most of you guys, you're 15 players, 15s players first and foremost when you're leaving school. Maybe not so much now because the investment that the Sevens program has got sort of probably progressively through your time. But like, yeah, had you always sort of had any contact with the, the Black Ferns 15s even while you were playing Sevens? Before I started playing Sevens, I was, I guess. That was my, I don't know if it was my first goal, but I was I was originally a 15s player. And so that was kind of the way I wanted to go, was to go through um, the 15s um, environment, but it just so happened that it happened the other way around. But, no, I, the debut for 15s, I guess it was really, like, I got to play alongside some of the greats in that team and heaps. Um, there were a few girls from the Pontonby team, which is where my rugby career started, who were in that team as well, and so that was really special for me to be able to play alongside those girls who kind of helped me through my uh, rugby journey. Like we used to, those are the girls that I used to train early mornings with late nights. And so to be able to put on that, that black jersey was pretty awesome. And um, yeah, and um, I also got to play in front of, in front of my family. And so that was another special thing to play in New Zealand. Because at that time, there wasn't any um, any World Series tournaments in New Zealand for sevens. Yeah. Now I don't want to I don't want to sort of catch you out or get you in any trouble here, but you mentioned being a, a 15s player first and foremost. So can you sort of pick between the two in terms of which one was more special, playing sevens for New Zealand or playing 15s? Um, I can't <laughs> choose one, but um. They were both very, um, I, I guess they they were both as special as each other, but a little bit different with like, oh, how 15s is in New Zealand. And so it kind of felt closer to home. Yeah. Whereas sevens was overseas, a country that I'd never been to with my, te- like none of my family. My sevens family was there, but I guess it was more something that I did kind of by myself, whereas um, in 15s it was, yeah, my home country in front of my family. And so they both had their own ways that made it yeah. special. But yeah. yeah, totally. Well, you got your sevens final because I know that obviously like being based in the mountain, you guys are yep. such a close-knit group. But then, yeah, like you said, with having the opportunity to play in front of family, it would have probably felt a little bit more inclusive. Yeah. Um, considering, I guess, the, the role that your final played. And you achieving your goals, but um, so then you kick on and you go to Ireland and you guys win that Rugby World Cup. So 
like at that stage like were you just like what the heck you know like less than like two years ago you know like I was sort of just on the fringes and then you know you go in you make your debut and then you go to the Olympics and then you win your first series title and then you go and win the world cup in rugby like like, yeah. like, what, like what is it like and then like and then you're already a gun in like the medical field you're like oh you know even after all this I can go and you know save some more lives being a doctor like but because that's the thing it's probably a little bit different to the men's stuff is that it's almost when you're at that national representative level because of the way that it works out with the timings you just have so much going on yeah so yeah I mean yeah can you is there anything special that um the listeners can take out of your time over in Ireland with, with the 15 skills I mean because you know you make your debut and then you win the rugby world cup that's almost like Nihimunaskara-esque, you know, in terms of how <laughs> how rapid things can progress. So, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll leave it with you. I think, well, it's it's you know those cheesy kind of sayings like anything can happen, and so for me, I always just try to try to put my best foot forward um, and take whatever opportunities came my way. Like I've had a fair share of um, ups and downs in my um, sporting career. You should say. Um, I've had like a few injuries which stopped me from getting into teams or sometimes I just wouldn't get picked. But I guess just taking that and using it as fuel to your fire, I guess, just to continue continue working, working hard. Um, if you really, really want it, like anything is possible. And so when you least expect it, which is what happened, opportunities come up and so just making the most of those and I guess for me it was always being ready for the next thing and yeah kind of everything's just happened so fast like you're going like just talking about this I didn't realize how fast that actually happened and now four years later we're here so yeah yeah, no it was surreal but yeah, I guess that's the main thing is just to make the most of your opportunities that you're given and just to never give up. So resilience is one of the big things that I try and practice being a being an athlete. Like not everything is going to go your way, but you can only control yourself. And so just keeping yourself ready, training hard, um, doing all that you can do and then the rest is up to the universe or up to God, I guess. So, yeah. And just when you thought your luck had run out, we roll into <laughs> 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Where you win the Rugby World Cup Sevens, but prior to that, you win the Commonwealth Games um, oh, gold. Yes. Now, I'm very interested um, in the Commonwealth Games. You know, I don't want to dim anything that happened at, at the Sevens, but that final at the Commonwealth yeah. Games was unreal. Yeah. I mean, that last try. So, yeah. although I, I'd love to get all the bits and bobs that obviously went into building towards that Commonwealth Games, I want to go jumping straight to the final. And yep. so, I don't know, give me the players' perspective of how that game went on because, Oh, yeah. man, that game was the longest game of sevens. <laughs> well, but it was not fun. But the last time we played Australia was that season in Aussie at the Sydney World Series. And um, so we actually got smoked in that game. It was like 31-0 in that final. So that was our last game against Aussie before that final in Com Games. And so there was a lot of, I guess, drive and motivation. We were like, no, this is, like, this is not going to happen again. This is our opportunity. We'd been training hard up to that. We didn't have the smoothest journey to the to the competition, to the Com Games, and to the final. But going into that, we knew that we'd put in all the work and uh, we had full faith in each other that we could win. Like, we we deserved Mm -hmm. just as much as Australia did. But I guess that was our closest tournament to home. There were so many... It was so weird. There were so many New Zealand supporters you kind of sometimes forgot that you were in Australia. <laughs> yeah. And so there were chants, like, cheering for us in Australia. And so we were like, yes, like, even the crowd is with us. And so 
that game went back and forth, back and forth. We went into overtime, and we were, I like, couldn't keep still. No one could keep in. We were like, okay, so we just got to do our job. Like, everyone just went back to the basics, just did their job, and then just slowly waited for the opportunity to arise, and that's when um, Kelly found a hole and ran through it. <laughs> were you on the field when, when she took off? No, nah, so I came off just before the um, extra time. Right. But one I, of the, yeah, yeah one of the girls, um, Tanika Wilson. Mm-hmm. So our normal halfback, Tyler, got injured in the warm-up to the final. And so that's how this this whole build up of the final starts. So she got she got injured, and then one of our other girls, Michaela Blyde, we were doing tackling, and she got like a little gash in her head too. And so we at the start we were like, oh my gosh, like what's gonna happen? what is happening? Like <laughs> we only got ten players, and so um, Tanika got brought into the starting lineup. Uh, one of the really young girls. Reese got brought into the twelve. Um, so she her first game was the Commonwealth Games final. And so she was like freaking out. But I guess we all kinda had this calmness amongst us as well. Like, you know what, it's okay. Like this happens. It's rugby. We can't like the control the controllables kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so Nick's played amazing in that game went over time and as soon as the try got scored so the rest of the players all ran over to Kelly and then it was me and a couple of the other girls off the bench just ran to Tanika she was exhausted like played the game of her life she was still um like around the 40 meter mark and so we all jumped on her but um no it was it was yeah that whole tournament was, I guess, kind of a testament to our team, and that's kind of when we knew how strong our our whole squad was. So not just the girls there, but every single person involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was pretty special. A great collective effort. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I wanted to jump into that because I remember watching it on TV with my old man, and when yeah. and when and, and when Kelly made the break. It was almost like it was in slow motion, and she just sort of oh, kept going. 100%. And like, and, and the Aussie girl was like, "Is she going to catch her?" She gets like, "No, yeah. she's not going to catch her." And then it got to the twenty-two. It's like, "Nah, she's going to go yeah. all the way." Yeah. And then when she yeah. scored, it was just like, "What the heck?" Yeah. And then, but like, no. yeah, obviously, um, the, the rest of your teammates going out and hug her, and yeah. you could just see everyone was out on their feet. And like, as 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 much as a as much as a high as that would have been for you girls. I guess as um, a fellow sportsman, again, not at your level, but looking at all those Aussie girls, you know, not only would they have been, you know, out on their feet, but, you know, just even to lose in their way, it was just, it was, it was an awesome spectacle. It was a great way to cap off, I guess, yeah. that, that tournament as a whole from a rugby perspective. Not so much the, um, uh, I guess, with the, the, the all the fitness stuff, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, um, but I guess that, that makes it that much more sweeter, right? Like the fact that you are you 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 push your body to the absolute limit, yeah, and then you get you well, you get the treats that you want in the end. So yeah, crazy hard out, especially in a game like that. It was so tight, and so to win like that, it was yeah, it was. Well, people said it was exciting to watch, but we got all the comments like, "Oh, you guys gave us heart attacks!" Like we didn't know. And we were like. You had a heart. We were <laughs> head, like, I couldn't even breathe. Like, I couldn't even. Oh, yeah, it was, it was yeah. It was such a cool game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though you guys, obviously, you know, rightfully so, you celebrate your stuff. Did you? Were you guys on the sideline for the men's game as well? Like, where did you end up for that? Like, did you stick around for the boys? Oh, so we were actually under. So like in the stadium but underneath the the grandstand so we, we watched it on a tv oh okay right so that would have been even cooler right then to see them yep. do their thing and it's like yeah yeah it was it was so cool well they said that they were watching us because obviously we went overtime, and so yep. they're like oh what's happening 
and they see what we did and so they were like nah you guys like you won like them so we had to like <laughs> yeah it, it kind of gave them the extra drive too which is pretty cool yeah, yeah. great g up um yeah and then so awesome that it would have been an awesome celebration that night as well and then you roll on a couple of months later to the to the World Cup sevens. Um, yeah, San Fran. Yeah, and I, and I know that San Fran's an, an awesome city in itself, but I don't know, like, again, considering how much success you've had, you know, what sort of place does the, the Rugby World Cup sevens sort of hold for you? Uh, well, it was my first, my first sevens World Cup, and so every single tournament is special, but that one... Yeah, like you said, San Fran is an unreal city. Like, I've, there's so much diversity over there. They put a a very they put on like a pretty awesome event. They we held the tournament at a at the baseball stadium, and so two mm-hmm. days before that, we went and watched them play baseball, and then we came back a couple of days later, and it was a rugby field. So we were like, oh my gosh, like, they just changed this whole thing. And so we were playing at a baseball stadium, which was pretty cool in itself. But um, I guess one thing for us coming off those two, like, a tournament like Com Games was not to be complacent. And so we kind of take every tournament um, as it comes and treat every single opposition the same like with the same amount of respect especially in the game of sevens like anything can happen the ball can bounce anyway and the game's so short so if you're not not on your game you can get punished easy yeah. in seven minutes one half and so um keeping that in my oh and it was also our our manager's last tournament with us that one and so we wanted to make her proud. Um, she had done so much for us. She was there throughout the Olympic Games, and so that was her last hurrah with us. And so we kind of played played for her too, which was pretty awesome to get a win for her. Yeah, wicked, man. Yeah, again, like you said, I guess, um, I guess I'm reflecting on it. Like, and it's cool, like now, because I'm hearing you do all the storytelling. You know, just all the success and all the emotions that go into you know, achieving your goals and, you know, when you set out to do something and, you know, all the all the 5.30, you know, weights and fitness sessions and all the little micro skills and all the skill blocks after trainings that, you know, ultimately, I guess when they all add up, you know, they they culminate in, you know, these, these grand performances and yeah. and, and, you, and you're only so young, you know, like, and you, you've still got so much more footy ahead of you, so. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah, we'll <laughs> Now, um, obviously, the... The COVID nineteen pandemic hit us this year, and so yep. that sort of chopped out the latter half of the sevens. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like for example, so I know for uh, a lot of the, so one of my good mates is Salisi Rayasi. So he, oh, um, yeah. so he's obviously contracted with the Hurricanes, and so when the seven stuff sort of fell to bits with the the restrictions on international travel, so he came back and trained with the Canes, and the yep. same would would go with probably for for a lot of the, those other boys. Maybe not so much the old heads, but the yep. ones that have super contracts but then for all the wahine like yourself you know like you you still got to train the house down but you're not really I guess sort of pushing towards anything for the time being yeah so what did you do with your time did you have the opportunity to do any extra study you know with not having footy on the next week or within the coming month um so I wasn't planning on doing any study this the or the first semester because of it being a big year with the Olympics mm-hmm. and World Series. And then as soon as it happened, I was like, damn it, like, I should have. Well, I wasn't to know yeah, that yeah, totally. everything was going to be cancelled. But um, no, I am having talks with, with uni at the moment to try and get into semester two. Semester two and um, try and chip away at some of my stu- uh, study while we have the time. But I guess for us girls, it's the lockdown kind of gave us lots of time to spend with our loved ones and our family. And um, we don't really get a lot of that moving us all living in the mountain training from the mountain and also going overseas to 
different tournaments and so uh one of the girls actually had a baby also kelly kelly's partner mm-hmm. um so they just had a baby and so she was beyond grateful that she got to be at home and spend time with her son and then um, just all of us being able to reconnect with our families and have quality time, I guess, rather than just the one week return back home, try and get everything in and then go back to training. Yeah. And so we've kind of just tried to look at all the all the positives that have come out of of this COVID-19 thing and take a, a different perspective on it. We were gutted that there was no sevens and us having most of our tournaments overseas we don't actually know when our next tournament will be and so that's a bit I don't know hard for us to to think about but um it's kind of out of our hands like we have to wait and for other borders other countries and so in the meantime a few of our girls are studying the younger girls and then most of us I think are playing going back to our provinces and playing club rugby which is awesome too, um, to go back to our grassroots where a lot of the, the love for rugby and our passion for rugby started and just to be able to give back to those kind of communities is pretty cool. Yeah, totally. Um, I was just about to say, I'm sure the, the Phillies are in somewhat, not, I guess not happy because obviously they, they want <laughs> you to go out and do your thing, but they're happy to have your services, um, but maybe not so much the opposition clubs and they've got to <laughs> mark you in the midfield. But I think that, that covers everything that I want to get from, I guess, out of your career so far. But one of the other things I like to do with, with the professionals like yourself is get an idea of um, what you get up to outside of footy, but also game day. So I know that sevens is a bit different to fifteens, but, you know, on day one of a, of a tournament, you know, like wh- how does your morning look? Is, you know, have you got a, a certain routine? Uh, yeah, depending on what time our first game is, but the, the later starts a lot better for for the girls but Mm -hmm. um we all so usually oh it's probably the night before um everyone does or some girls do their nails you know you gotta look pretty on the field (laughs) and because our it's like the the bit of color that we we get to add i guess and then uh, we have a couple of two or three girls in our team that um know how to do hair like braid hair and so there's a schedule for for the hair braiding and we always have a team breakfast just to connect before the day. And then we're usually off to the fields, like there's not a lot happening. But and because like you said, it's a little bit different to fifteens, we have six oh, so usually it's a three and three. And so pre game prep happens six times over two days and yeah, different girls like different things. Um, you kind of learn how people hype it. Like some girls want to be really hype and they'll play music, they'll dance around. Some girls um, just have their headphones on and listen to their own music. There's a few girls who do oh, like different breathing exercises. Um, but everyone has their own thing and you know other girls' things too. So you're like, okay, don't talk to her now because she's in her zone whereas someone else you're like you can dance with them because they like dancing too and so yeah you learn all of that all the pre-game rituals what group do you fall into oh half and half i can't really dance but i try like to get on the buzz of uh with all the the youngins in our team you know they know all the tiktok dances in yeah i'll just be that background person or else i'll just listen to my own music and not feel so old <laughs> um and then even like for you so when when you do come back home or even even when you're on the road whether it be that after your saturday's finished and you're sort of having to then have that time before you roll over into sunday or even when you're at home and you might get a, a day off training what do you get up to on your day off is there anything that you're, you're passionate about like do you do you play an instrument do you i don't know do you do an online course you know what do you get up to in your spare time outside of the, the full-time sevens gig? Uh, oh, well, if I'm at home, I'll just spend all that time with my family. But uh, in the mount, we're lucky enough that the beach is 
the beaches right there. Like I love going to sometimes just sit on the sand, have a look at, at the waves, I guess. Um, I am a amateur, very, very amateur photographer. So I got a camera and so I try and um, take some photos, see how that goes. And also have, funnily enough, recently got into like listening to podcasts. So do that. And I try to read, but sometimes my mind just wanders off and then I'll have to read like the paragraphs over and over again. And so I guess podcasts are a little bit easier to um, to concentrate on. Um, you can go for a walk, listen to a podcast or... Oh, me and my flatties actually try and um, learn the guitar too. So we're not, we know like four chords, but <laughs> we're getting there. It's fun. Or just play the music really loud so you can't really hear the guitar. But no, we try and have a go and learn some new things, um, ex- try and explore the country, I guess, as well. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I was going to say, it would sort of be a hard one because I know that again, sort of referring to the 15 stuff, you know, once the game's over, you sort of have a week to catch up, whereas I guess like when you're playing at a tournament in seven, you know, even though you've finished on day one, you still can't really lose focus of the next day or, you know, when you're no. pushing into finals. So, yeah, yeah, definitely different. But cool. I think that, that wraps up what I want to encapsulate with all that's to do with Teresa Fitzpatrick. But um, what I like to do uh, with all the guests that I get on is just round off the show with a segment I call 10 in the bin. So I've just got okay. 10 questions for you. And um, yeah, just give me whatever comes to mind first. Sweet. <laughs> okay. What is your go-to drink at the pre-drinks on a night out? Uh, I recently got into uh, the Brown Brothers Rosé, the sparkling rosé. So mm. just just sip on that sip. Just <laughs> Okay. Uh who is the biggest coach's pet you've been around? In in my team? Yeah, any any team. Uh I'm gonna say Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um I mean we already sort of touched on it, but what's your must do on a day off? So if you're if you're at home in the mount, what yep. what what do you have to do on your day off if your coach is giving you that time away? Uh, go to the beach. <laughs> uh, least favorite fitness block? Uh, definitely Broncos. Yeah, me and you both. Uh, <laughs> favorite cheat meal? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, I don't have cheat meals. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, you I... know, but if you had to have yeah, a cheat yeah. meal, you know, if you had to have one, you know, like. Uh, I got a pretty sweet too, so um, chocolate chip cookies are probably, and caramel popcorn, mm, so yeah. the snacky kind of things, yeah. yeah two great options. Uh, <laughs> most regretful ball of purchase, so this one's a little bit confusing, but yep. what have you gone out, spent a whole lot of money on, and then like the next day or the next week being like, I did not need to buy that? Probably food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I spend a lot of my money on food, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not alone in that department. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, guilty music pleasure? Oh, all the Disney old Disney songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a particular one that stands out for you or that's on the on the playlist on game day? Oh, you know, like High School Musical, that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah you know, yeah. you know all the words, <laughs> and so when someone puts it on, you're like, oh, fine, okay. <laughs> like... Yeah, see, I know all the words, but I can't do that. I can't, you know, I can't go out and sing it because otherwise, I get looked at funny. Might be a little bit different with you, but yeah. yeah uh... All right. Uh, now you mentioned that you can't dance, but if you, you know, got thrown up on stage and you had to check out a go-to dance move, what would it be? Um. Oh, probably these days, just the wall. Just because, yeah. you know, everyone does it. <laughs> quick and easy. Yeah, quick uh, and easy. Biggest grub you've played with and against? What What do you mean by that, sir? All right, so is, is there a particular player that you've played with or against that, I guess, pushes, um, you know, sort of creeps over the boundary when it comes to fair play, maybe, or, you know, loves oh, the niggle? Okay. <laughs> Um, 
Oh, okay. And um, one of the ones was probably Niall pushes pushes the limits in the game, but <laughs> I'm so glad she's on my team. Eh? But when we train and play against each other, we um we tend to not injure each other, but you know take it that little step too far, and we're like, oh, we're actually on the same team. <laughs> you bring out the best in each other, by the yeah. We bring out the best in each other, yeah. <laughs> And then my last one, uh, is, this, is this a sentence that you sort of finished off for me? Saturdays are for? Netflix. Cool. Have you, have you got a particular show that you're watching at the moment or have you just finished one that you could recommend? Oh, I'm, I'm a bit late to the game, but I just finished The Last Dance. Oh, true. You are a little bit late. That yeah, was that was late. literally like a, a Monday night ritual for me during lockdown. But Yeah, I try to like wait for them all to come out and then... I'm a binger, so I just watch it all at maybe over two days. But like... yeah, I actually quite like the day because that's the thing when you get on Netflix. Like when you find a really good show, especially when they they drop it all at once. Yeah, yeah, I'm the exact same as you. I, I like to binge it, whereas like it, it was quite nice, I guess, or I guess refreshing with the the last dance. Maybe not so yep. much for you, but when I was watching it, um, just having to the anticipation of you know having to wait another week before yep. you could get it. But, yeah, see, I'm like, nah, I don't, I knew that they would end like that, so I'd be like, no, just wait for the whole thing, and then you won't think about it for a whole week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's good or a bad thing. <laughs> no, 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 well, to each zero, to each zero. All right, um, well, anyway, that wraps it all up, and I have to say, this has actually been really, really cool. I, I've really enjoyed this conversation, had a lot of great insight. And especially just, you know, because I've, I've never really had the opportunity to, I guess, go in depth around the women's game. Yep. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful to you uh, for obviously like taking out so much of your time. I think we've been talking for just over an hour. Um, I'm oh. not sure about your mouth. My mouth's pretty dry, but you've, you've yeah. been the one that's done all the talking. <laughs> yeah. um, so sorry about that. But yeah, obviously, like, I, I wish you the, the best of luck with everything that's going forward. I know that you're still probably training the house down and you're looking at the Olympics going into next year. Fingers crossed that still on the agenda but yeah i'm not sure if i'll ever get to meet you in person but um if by chance i do i'll, yeah. I'll make sure to extend the thank you again but yeah yeah no thank you so much for having me it's been it's been fun it's been good <laughs> I, i'm, I'm good very chat. grateful that it's been um <laughs> it's been just enjoyable. as fun for you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm always conscious of that as the host but all right Teresa. um you take care okay awesome I'll thank you, you too see ya